Let me read from Acts chapter 17. It says this, And he has made from one blood every nation of men who dwell all on the face of the earth. Think about that for a second. With the racism, the attacks, the anger, the hatred that's going on. God says, listen, from the beginning, I made one man. I mean, I, I made from one blood all men, all nations, all tribes, all people. We are one. So, and it goes on to say, and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For him, in him, we live and move and have our being. And he goes on to say this, and this is the heart of the gospel, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man he has ordained. He has given us assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. God is commanding the nations to worship him. God is commanding the nations to come and to serve him. This is the gospel. This is the truth. There's no outs here. There's no options. All nations, all people whom God has made are commanded to come back because we owe him our all. We owe him our honor. We owe him our worship. We owe him our allegiance. He is the life. He is the thread of righteousness. He is all that is good. And we honor him today. And we invite you to honor him today. And we say, Father, let the knowledge of your love, let the knowledge of your grace, let the knowledge of the power of God, the righteousness, the goodness, the rightness of everything that you are, let it cascade upon the nation of Canada. And let every knee bow. And let every tongue confess that you are Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to glorify you today. Let's worship him. We need to realize that the pinnacle of the conflict between light and darkness is around one point. And that point is synthesized in this one statement that the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans. And it was this. It said, there is none good, no, not one. There is none good, no, not one. The heart of the gospel is that God alone is righteous. And the anthem of pride, the pride of man, the pride of Lucifer, is that man can be good aside from God. This is the pinnacle of the lie. This is the thing that God resists more than anything. It is the seed of deception, the core of darkness at work in the earth. It accuses God and justifies man. And it is synthesized in a political theory behind communism and socialism. What is so evil about socialism and communism, because it, it, it enshrines this lie at its core. It says man can be good without God. And he who sits in the heavens laughs. And what we are seeing in the earth is the maturation, the coming into harvest of two systems of thought.
One revolves around the knowledge of God. One revolves around the righteousness of God. One says only God is good. And the other says, no, watch us. We can be good. We can be better. And it throws off the rulership of the righteousness of God. And it will manifest for what it is. It is darkness. So, Father, we say in Jesus' name, let your kingdom come. Father, humble the pride and the haughty looks of men who raise up their own banner, who raise up their own righteousness, who flaunt this deception, this vile evil in the face of God. We say you are the desire of all nations. You are alone are good come to us oh God you will come you will come with your goodness come to Canada God is looking for worshipers. And you know, when you get born again, there's an assurance of eternal life. But more than that, we have an opportunity to draw near to eternal life. God is the consummate expression of beauty. He is beautiful. His presence is nothing. There's nothing like it in all the earth. And all of heaven is riveted upon the beauty, the majesty, the wonder. If you've ever been attracted to something beautiful, if there was ever a painting that you couldn't take your eyes off, if you ever looked at creation and were in awe, if you ever gazed at a fire and thought there's something living and brilliant about it, well, it can't be done, but multiply that by millions and millions and millions this is the beauty that is available to be seen by those that believe. The pure in heart will see God. The pure in heart will see God. We have an opportunity today to express the desire to be closer to Him, to shift our longings away from other things and onto him to become riveted, addicted to him, to his glory, to his wonder more than anything. He's looking for worshipers. He's going to have them. He has them now. He has the entire attention of the angels of heaven and the beasts around the throne. God, we say you have our attention here in Spruce Grove. One day we're going to be able to do this. That old hymn says, you know, when we've, when we've gone 10,000 years, we'll have no less time yet in, ahead of us. That's the nature of eternity in his presence. I don't want anybody to miss that. Furthermore, as believers... Your proximity to that glory is determined by your work, by what you do, 
by your faith, by how you draw near today. One of the promises to those that overcome is they'll never have to leave his presence. (laughs) You know, in in political systems and governments and organizations, being near the pinnacle of the order of things, being at the center is a reward in and of itself. And, And lesser beings, you know, lesser employees, they're sent out to do things, but the higher you are, the more you get to stay at the pinnacle of power. The kingdom of heaven is like that. The promise, there's a promise there in Revelations. It says, these ones will never have to go out anymore. (laughs) Can we aspire to that? Lord, I want to be amongst the company of people that you never want to leave your presence. (laughs) That you never want to leave the immediate proximity of your sight. Oh, God. We delight in you today. Oh, my goodness. What a reward. What a beauty. Well, praise God. We're going to transition here. Well, today we got a special treat. And we have um, our resident apostolic missionary evangelist, Kim Wheeler. Kim, why don't you come up here? Kim, uh, Kim and I have been friends for a long time, and somehow the Lord released him, blessed him, blessed us to send him here from Kelowna to Spruce Grove. So he lives in Kelowna, travels out from here. Um, we've worked throughout the world. We've gone all over the world, but we've spent a lot of time in Central America. He is a true apostle in terms of the things that have been created. Him and Lynn have labored and, and sown seeds and served God in Central America amongst the Spanish-speaking nations particularly and done great things, and it's our pleasure to have him come and share today. Kim, have your liberty. Bless you. It's great to have you. Likewise. Um, You know, hang on. You know, in a perfect world, Mark and I would be flying tomorrow morning, right, right, to Guatemala. We had two beautiful conferences, pastoral leadership conferences set up in two different locations, and uh, we're going to be ministering to hundreds and hundreds of pastors and uh, but that's the perfect world, but we're not living in this perfect world. But you know what? That's what I believe was supposed to take place. So I also believe it's going to take place, Amen. but just at a later date. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Amen. Yeah, it's uh, it's neat how how the plans can change, and not by anything that we have done or not done, but just. You know what? Sometimes it's by the will of God, and other times it's by things that come against the will of God. And the Lord says, what are we going to do about it? So today, um, I'm going to talk about prayer. I don't normally talk about prayer. And, and uh, you know, I have a little bit of a special uh point of view from in prayer because of my life because of some of the things that have happened to me because of how I was radically saved through two men praying for my family where it had nothing to do with us I wasn't searching for him I wasn't looking for him I wasn't going after him but because two men who chose to pray for our family this all took place so no one can tell me that prayer doesn't change things 
Prayer, prayer that, that prayer isn't incredibly powerful. And prayer isn't what most believers know it to be. Prayer, prayer is something that most people, most Christians, haven't got a clue of what it really is and what it represents. And I'm going to do my best to try and give just a, 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 a spark of the power of prayer, what prayer actually does, and, and what prayer actually is. Because uh, it is, it is uh, not what we often think it is. So I'm going to get into that in a minute. But Father, we first commit this time over to you. And we just uh, thank you that we've been able just to come in, into your divine presence and to worship you, to worship you, God Almighty, to, to, to come to the King of Kings, Lord Jesus, because of your access, because you've bridged that gap for, uh, for us to come into that very presence, we say thank you. And Holy Spirit, we give you the service. And everyone says, Amen. It's kind of different, you know, that when there's just spattering of people and spread out a little bit, you know. It's, it almost sounds, looks like it's a, uh, it's a university course you know and the people are here <laughs> praise god i'm the kind of guy as pastor mark says I, i'm the kind of guy that you know from central america it, it, you don't feel comfortable unless there's 500 people in a room that fits 200 you know and 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 it, it yeah it just makes you a little more comfortable you know when there's uh tons of people and pastor mark you've been involved in some of those where room to room wall to wall you know and and that's why the covid19 virus is way more challenging for latinos i mean you white people it's like this is this is just normal life for us especially especially us canadians you know like you know this is normally stay away you know normally it's like four or five feet but now it's six feet you know that's the only that's about the only difference latinos on the other hand unless they're arm in arm like this walking down the street it's like it's like this is like hell you know (laughs) i can't handle this you know and the latinos you understand that you white people you don't understand that so i'm kind of a mix of in between both you know so but uh i'm just going to take a couple minutes real quick to share quick about what's going on in guatemala because this this is my home church this is my wife and i our home church although we're not here a lot uh but it's it's where we live in Canada when we're here, and it's the church right now that, that, we, that God has brought us to, as Pastor Mark had said. So we, we just count it a privilege to be here. Amen? But it's also good, I think, for those online and those who are here, just to hear a little bit about Guatemala. Our heart, Lynn and I, our hearts are kind of aching right now because we should be in Guatemala right now. We should be in, um, you know, there, and we had to sneak out of Guatemala, actually, um, at the very end of March, we had to come home early or we wouldn't have been able to come home at all. And the last we know is that it might open up in Guatemala. Guatemala might open up to traffic, to the borders, the air, airport in July sometime. So that's what we're praying for. So, so anyway, we had to kind of sneak out. It was kind of an adventure though, right, Lynn? My wife's here, my beautiful, wonderful wife of 40 years. I, I wake up every morning and I think, man, I can't believe this. 40 years married. Wow, that's incredible. And, uh, but we had to sneak out. We had to decide. We either can get out now, because the border from Guatemala to Mexico, we could get out that way, but all the borders of, of Guatemala were closed anywhere else. Like, you couldn't come into Guatemala anywhere, but you neither could you get out to other countries except Mexico at the time. 
And even now, it, that, that is extremely difficult. So we had to take a long drive, and we had to do it in the midst of a curfew. So there was no vehicles allowed to drive, and our curfew was from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the time. Now it's 6 p.m. till uh, 6 a.m., and no vehicles allowed on the road. So you had to kind of sneak your way through to the border, which is about a four- to five-hour drive. We had to get our uh, son-in-law and another driver to drive us to the border, you know, going to Mexico, you know, and then sneak over the border and get in there, and it was pretty awesome. I've, ne- I've been through the borders hundreds of times in Central America. My wife and I have, you know, driven through Mexico, I think, 13 times, back and forth, and we have never seen this, not a single person at the borders. It was pretty, it was pretty interesting. And, and, you know, a lot of people get a little nervous about some of these places because they can be sketchy. But, you know, we go in and we walk into the, into the uh, uh, customs where we have to get our visa to get into Mexico. One, now we're in literally no man's land. So if they don't allow us in, we can't get back out. We can't get back to Guatemala. So it's like, you know, it's, it's uh, do or die kind of thing, right? And so we get there. And they're praying, they're, they're playing la- this loud, beautiful worship music in the customs office. I mean, it was, wasn't it? It was, like, it was like, wow, I wonder if this is just for us. I think, I think some angels went ahead of us and prepared the way, you know. And so we get up to this, you know, the, 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 the place and the guy stamps and he says, welcome to Mexico. And he says, God bless you. And so we get there, we find a taxi, we have to make our way to the airport that's fairly close because there's a big city right by the border and then in the while we're doing this we find out our our uh flights are canceled we had to make our way from there to mexico city and then mexico city to denver denver calgary calgary edmonton that sounds like fun right and in the meantime our flight our flight uh is canceled so we had to finally we get to the airport we were able to book a new flight get to mexico city then while we're in mexico city our flight is canceled there and we had to make another flight, and there was only one plane, and we got on it, and we were able to make it home. Praise God. Now we're here, stuck in Canada. <laughs> and, that, and now, as crazy missionaries, we're trying to get back to Guatemala. And, you know, the only way right now to get back to Guatemala is sneak through Mexico. <laughs> anyway, that's another story. I don't want to spend that time. But Guatemala has been going, in the last three months now, going through extreme difficulties and and i don't want to spend a lot of time on this but please pray for us pray for the um uh, Feviva. pray for like you've got matt and carrie blacklock as well that are there with hijos de dios same thing and everything changes when stuff like this happens for us we have to be willing to change very quickly especially when you're as a missionary in a developing nation and it's basically people are just trying to get food and stay alive um, it's not about whether we are inconvenienced, whether we have to space six feet apart, spend 20 minutes trying to get into Costco. They can't even go to get food. They're not allowed out. They, 60, every weekend, uh, 60 hours, no one in the country is allowed out of their house. Um, so, and, and no one's allowed to drive. So it's been very challenging. People in the rural communities where we are uh, have been starving. They haven't been able to get food. So Feviva hijos de Dios, other ministries, uh, praise God that he sends his servants and people and churches like this who send the servants and support them to be able to 
share the gospel by giving food to the hungry. Amen? That's what we're doing right now. And it's still ongoing, so we still need people's help. So, so keep them in prayer. Keep our staff in prayer. Um, you know, we, we've decided we're not going to lay off a single staff member. We have 23 full-time staff that we still pay for our college, our school, our, um, um, our sports center, our, all the other different staff in, for ministry. You know what? They're working hard right now, all of them. The teachers aren't teaching. They're delivering food. They've become all, all of a sudden, they've become a glorified delivery person. Amen? And it's the most important job in all of Guatemala. <laughs> Amen? So praise God, and we say thank you guys for your divine support, your amazing uh, time of, of helping us. It's, it's been good. And uh, we just pray just if we can keep it up. Amen? Amen. So I just wanted to get that kind of out of the way. Uh, I want to I wanna share, you know, that over the last two and a half, three months, how many have sensed this open heaven of knowledge and divine understanding? And it, it's been difficult. I've been talking with Pastor Mark a bit about it. He says the same thing. He said, man, I, I can't remember a time when it's been like so easy to get a download from God. It's like, it's like there's too much. I had to say, wait, 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 just, just a second, God. I can't keep up here. It, there's just so much of download. But, but we have to then be able to dis- discern and distinguish, you know, what's relevant for us right now, for later. We need, we need the mind of Christ. And I'm going to share a little bit about that because that's part of prayer. Amen? And so um, we're living, and this is one of the things that the Lord showed me about two and a half months ago. We are now in the days of the end of the beginning, you can say it in many ways, but the, I felt the more better way to share this is we're in the days of the ten virgins. How many sense that? Sometimes it can be hard to put, put it into words as where we are. Now, how long from the time that, that this day till the actual time that the bridegroom actually shows up? I don't know. But I do know this. I hear the footsteps. I hear footsteps. I hear, I heard a voice. And the voice woke up the virgins, all 10 of them. Five of them were pretty smart. They were ready. Five were not. But they were all virgins. They were all relating to the church. And the church has woken up because they've heard footsteps. And we're all of a sudden recognizing that there's a separation going on even in the church because some were ready and some were not. And some were walking in a fear is the fear came and they're saying, oh no, what am I going to do? And yet the other ones who were prepared and ready for this day, they woke up. It's like a, it's like a, a veil came over their eye, lifted up over our eyes. And all of a sudden we're seeing a little more clearly now. And all of a sudden we're starting to see and hear footsteps. It's the bridegroom. And he's getting closer. I don't know about you, but that just, makes, that just makes my hair stand on end. I hear the footsteps. Wow. It's a cool thing. You know, Jesus relates to us as the virgins, the ones who are going to prepare the way, the ones who are getting things ready, but yet we're also the bride. Wow. The bride also hears the footsteps, and she's getting, putting her veil on. She's getting the makeup done up. She's ready 
for that day. Amen? But our job isn't quite ready yet. Because we're not just, we're not just the bride. We're not just the, the ten virgins. We're not just the, the ones preparing the way for him. We're also his sons. We're also his daughters. We're also his army. We're also his prophets. At the same, there's so many ways we can describe how he describes who the bride is. Are we ready, people? Because, man, this is one of the most exciting times we could ever possibly live in right now. There's, there's, there's so many definitions of what prayer is. But I want to start out a little bit about what prayer isn't. And, and I, I just say, pray, God, just give me grace here because there's so much uh, information. We can go into so many different areas. I'm, I'm sure Pastor Mark, as I'm sharing, God's going to download stuff on him. And he's going to say, oh, yeah, I got a word. You know, that's Pastor Mark, right? We tag team all the time, though, so, so that's okay. Praise God. But I want to tell a quick little joke. What time is it here? Uh, it kind of depicts some of this, actually. And, and yes, yes, let me put this right now. This joke I heard from Pastor Mark. So, so if I don't tell that, I'm going to get it later. He's going to say, that was my joke, you know. So, so I'm just putting that disclaimer in now. So if you don't like it, it's his fault. And if you like it, it's because I tell it better. That's all, right? So... But anyway, no, one day there was this, I was in the, in the um, I was a little bit worried about my wife, you know, and I was worried that she was losing her hearing. And so, so I said, I'm not sure what to do. And, I, and yet, I'm pretty sure she's in denial because, you know, I've, I've talked to her about it. She says, no, you know. And, and anyway, so I go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, there's a really great way to explain or to figure out if she really does have hearing loss. He says, what you do is when she's in the kitchen doing something and you just go out into the living room somewhere where you're like 30 feet away and just talk in a normal voice and ask her, what's for supper? And see what she says. And if you can't, if she, if you can't hear her, if she doesn't respond, then walk a little closer and ask her again and keep doing that until, you, until she can hear you and respond. So, so I, this is a brilliant idea. So I'm in the living room and, and she's in the kitchen and she, I think she was peeling potatoes, right, dear? And anyway, I, I said, hey, honey, what's for supper? No response. Oh, boy. So I walk a little step, few steps closer, and I say, hey, honey, what's for supper? And still didn't respond. Five, I walk five times. I get closer, and I keep asking the same question until I'm literally right beside her. And I say, honey, what's for supper? And she turns around at me, and she yells at me. She goes, chicken for the fifth time, chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> and that sometimes is prayer. And you know, that's more real in real life than you guys understand. My wife's just nodding here. Yeah, that's my life, you know. <laughs> but sometimes we're yelling at God, Oh, Lord, why don't you hear me? And then finally we get the signal come through and he says, I said this for the 20th time. <laughs> you know, and... and Sometimes we, we don't realize what God is. Act, he's actually at work and he's speaking to us and he's talking to us, but we've just become deaf in our hearing. And sometimes it's because we don't understand even what prayer is. We don't know th- what's going on. So first I want to say what prayer isn't. It's not words, although words are used. It's not a request or a petition although requests and petitions are involved in it. See, this is what we like to do with prayer. 
We, we like to say, this is what prayer is, and then we follow along with those parameters. That's what we tend to do, right? It's not hearing, even though it's a key element of prayer to listen and to hear. It's not a scheduled meeting like every Wednesday night, Friday morning, although that is a divine expression of prayer, it is not prayer. That's not what defines prayer. Setting a time, setting a meeting. It's not a lot of things that we think it is, but rather it's a divine act of worship. We were praying unto the Lord this morning through our worship. It's an act of dancing. Although some people, they look at it and they go, what are they doing? Why do they have those dancers up there? What in the world is that? Because they don't have a divine understanding of what prayer really is. It's the act of hearing, listening, and obeying. It's the act of asking and giving. It's groaning with words that are uh, that's too deep for words it's times of moaning and groaning groaning it's not even saying a word sometimes it's just sitting for three hours dead silence has anyone ever been in a meeting where the glory of god literally comes down the glory cloud has anyone ever been in something like that very few really have i have i've been in that you don't talk You don't dare lift your face. You don't dare speak. Because you know the king of kings. You know the father of glory is there in the room. You hear him. You can sense him. But you don't say a word. And yet that is prayer. It's one of the high forms of prayer. You starting to get it a little bit? And I'm doing, I think I'm doing this a, a great injustice. Because there's so much, there's, there's uh, here just a sec. Let me let me give it to you in in, in through through prayer. There, did you get it? <laughs> this is this is a, I think this is a good example. Prayer is like a portal by which we move through, in and out of. We operate. It's in. It's how we operate in two realms at the same time. Have you ever wondered how that, it's a mystery? How can we who are carnal, fleshly, living on the earth, in this world, in this domain, and yet be in the presence of God, God being spirit, being in the spirit, being in heaven, not, not flesh, not, not, not a, 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 a building made of brick and stone? How can we be in the two places at the same time? It's called prayer. Acts 17. Pastor Mark actually read this this morning. Acts 17, 27 says that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he actually is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and we move and we have our being. Even as some of your own poets, and he's speaking to the, to the, to this a worldly group about the unknown God. And he says, even some of your own poets have said, for indeed we are his offspring. 
Let that sink in. It says, we live in him, we live and we move and we have our being. My favorite quote about prayer is with Smith Wigglesworth. He, I, 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 you know, every one of us probably has certain favorite quotes. This is one of my favorite all time. And Smith Wigglesworth was a truly a man who walked in both realms. How many would agree with that? You can't do what he did unless you walk in a divine realm, in a divine uh, presence. You can't do that in the natural, in the flesh, and in, in a spiritual way. So huh, what was the secret? What was the secret that he had that we need to walk in? And this is, he was asked this, and this is, the, this is the way he responded. He says, I don't pray for more than five minutes at a time. But yet I never go without praying for more than five minutes. And he walked away from the crowd when, he, when they asked him. That was his answer to what he does, how he can do what he does. Because he, he understood the secret of prayer. He understood that the, when we come to God... When we come to God, when we pray, when we pray, we, we, immediately when we say the word prayer, we, we think of words. You know, what we think of is a telephone line. Ring, ring, ring. Hi, God. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I got a petition. Hang on here, you know. And we, we start to talk, and, and then he, he'll, he'll talk back, and, you know, and, and then we hang up. Oh, that was a good call. Or some of us who are in the, the you know, even a little bit higher up, we, we may do FaceTime with them. Woo, wow, I saw God face to face. Well, not really, but kind of, you know. And we think of it in that, it, sometimes that's what we mostly think of prayer as. It's this linear um, mode of transportation for our speaking and our words. And then that, that, that linear uh, answer comes back to us in a fax or in, in, a, in, in a message or, or in some other form, or even maybe, you know, if we dare believe through a prophecy. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But that's not prayer. This is how prayer works. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus, he bridged, he's the bridge between the great ravine of man and God. See, when Jesus came, and it's called, you know, the, the, the divine atonement and the, the, the sacrifice that he came. See, he came for more than just our salvation, but he, he, he came so that we, he bridges the gap between the ungodly and the godly, the divine and the flesh, the spirit and the earth, or and the world, the earthly realm, however you want to call it. He bridged this gap that was dividing us. And he says, I build this bridge now and you can come back and forth. You can go in and out and find green pasture anytime you want. Anytime you want. He's the one who gives us that ability to take one step, one step. We're standing in this earth, on this earthly realm, and we take one step and there we are in the presence of God in the throne room of Almighty Lord. One word, one word, and there we are in heaven's atmosphere. How in the world does that happen? Has anyone ever experienced that? Sometimes we don't sense it, sometimes we don't see it, we don't understand it, but yet, uh, and yet other times, it's, it's so clear. 
but yet that's how it works. Without Jesus, there's truly no way to communicate with the Father of lights. It says he is the only way to the Father. No, no man can get to the presence of the Father except through Jesus Christ. And that's what separates Christianity. That's what separates us from every other religion that says they know the truth. Because they haven't got access to the Heavenly Father. Amen? You starting to get a picture of prayer? It's not a word. It's not a bunch of words. It's not a, it's not a, a conversation. It is a being. It is a man. And it goes further than that. I, I mean, we, could, we don't have the time to talk about this. Jesus Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We all these things, I have, says I have the mind of Christ. All those different things that are just incredible. Before the cross, there was a separation before and after. And it's something to understand. It's important. Before the cross, communication with God was really choppy was really choppy at best. He would once in a while send, have an individual who God could trust and he would speak to him and then they would speak to the rest of, the, of, of humanity for him. And it, a lot of times it was more like a Morse code and they would decipher it and it was says men of wisdom would, would try and decide what did God say? What is God saying? Sometimes it was by looking at the stars and he, okay, this is what's going to happen like the, the birth of Christ. And other times, 400 years were not a single word. Not a single word could they hear from heaven. Imagine that. Then there were times when, when it says the God's chosen, picture this, God's chosen people, the Hebrews. And it says for 400 years they cried unto God. They were praying, crying unto God. And not a single word could they hear back. That's the time. That's that's where that joke comes in, guys, because God says He heard his, their cries for over four hundred years, and He could hear their suffering, and He came down. But why did it take four hundred years? I personally believe it's because they didn't hear Him. They were saying for the fifth time. <laughs> Amen. But today it's not like that, people. Today. Today, we have Jesus. And he made the difference. And he says, today, today, at the day of the cross, when he dies, he says, I'm there. And he says, I've made the access. And all we do at any given time. And it's, it's not about coming in with our petitions. And I'm going to get to that in a minute here. It's not about coming and talking to him and asking him for things and petitions, although that's part of it. It's not coming in and, and asking for joy and peace or divine wisdom and understanding and knowledge and direction, although that's part of it. It goes so far beyond that. What it really is about is about bringing heaven to earth. And he gave us this portal. And we now are that portal because of Christ. And that's prayer. When God speaks to us, but he also says, I have a voice and a word and a message to the rest of this world. But it's through you. Amen? Now it's through us. Now the onus is on us. 
So we're in trouble, Ben. Now the onus is on us, right? In Hebrews, I want to read this. In Hebrews 10, 19, it says the assurance of faith. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, see, he's the one who bridged the gap. He's the one who made that access for us. This is prayer, people. This is prayer. This is the definition of prayer, the best I can think of. By the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance. In other words, knowing full well that we're going to be right there. Not that he hears us, but that we're going to be there. Not that he got the phone call, but that we're going to be there face to face. This is how you know if you know Jesus. If you can tell me what the color of his eyes are. If you can't tell me the color of his eyes, you haven't seen him. Because the only way you can get to see the color of his eyes is when you're in front of him. Can you tell me the color of the eyes of God? There's a description of it, but the description came from a man who was there in the presence of God. We need to get our own. Amen? It says, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together. I love this is more pertinent than ever before. Not neglecting to meet together, people. As is the habit of some. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Can you hear the footsteps? Can you hear the footsteps? The day's getting closer, people. Amen? So this, this scripture is more, more important than ever before. No wonder. Can you imagine? Do you remember when the disciples came to Jesus and, and they said, teach us to pray? And yet they had uh, 4,000 years of, of um, the word and the scriptures talking about how to talk to God. But no wonder, because they never had Jesus to bridge the gap before. It was, it was this... Uh, choppy Morse code that they could see. So they said, teach us to pray. They saw Jesus praying to the Father. They, they heard Jesus talking to the Father, but they also heard the Father talking back. And they said, this has never happened before. Not like this. And so no wonder the disciples go to Jesus and say, we're missing something here. We're missing the picture here, Jesus. Teach us to pray. Jesus was the brand new model. The brand new iPad 7 or whatever it is now. He's the brand new communication that they have never seen before. They had never understood it until now. But now Jesus, you see, this is how prayer works. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Then Christ comes and he fills us with the Spirit of God. He says, I go to the Father so I can send you one just like me, the Holy Spirit. And now the communication isn't outside, it's inside. It's basically, has anyone here ever talked to themselves? (laughs) And then you start asking yourself, who am I talking to? (laughs) 
come on, really? I talk to myself all the time. My wife says, what, what were you saying? I said, no, I was talking to myself. <laughs> can ask her. I talk to myself a lot. I even have arguments with myself. What'd you do that, you idiot? Why'd you do that for? And then I answer. Does anyone ever do that? Come on now. Well, well how does that work? <laughs> we're talking to ourselves, but it's inside. It's internal, and yet it's instant. It's right there. We even sometimes know the answer. It's kind of like that, only it doesn't even explain the, the depth of it. But it says Christ in you. The Holy Spirit in us, he says, is now. That communication is right there. There's no separation. That's why it's one word, why it's one step. And that's why the world cannot hear God. That's why they cannot understand God, because it's in a foreign language that they cannot understand. That's why when Paul, when some were walking in, in, in other ways and they could hear God, one would hear God, but the others, all they heard is a bunch of sound because they didn't have Christ in them. And now this world we're seeing in chaos right now is looking for a clear direction. Looking for a clear direction. And we're the ones that have to give it to them. Can I have an amen on that one? He is the bridge. He's the way. He's the truth. The life by which there's no other way to the Father. Period. No other way. How many believe that? And yet we have that access. We're a privileged group. We're a privileged group. This is, this is uh, first class to the utmost. And no one's allowed in the, into the group. No one's allowed into the lounge without the access of Jesus. Amen? But yet, that two-way communication, it says now, it goes on to a little bit further. When we pray, and I already talked about the, the portal, but when we pray, the portal opens between heaven and earth. Because we are on earth, but we're also in heaven. We don't, we don't get, although this does happen, this has happened to me twice, but, but it's a rare thing and it's a peculiar thing, but uh, that, that you get taken out of your body and your body's in one place, but your spirit is in another place. That happened to my dad a couple times. My dad actually, one time, um, I love sharing these testimonies because it explains it, but my dad one time was taken out of his body, it was at three in the morning, and he found himself in a place in Africa. He didn't, he didn't know whether he was out of his body or not. He thought it was a dream. And he found himself in a tent with this, with this black woman and this little boy, her little boy, and he didn't have any feet. They were cut off through some attack or whatever. And he prayed, and the little boy's feet just all of a sudden grew, and she was putting shoes on him. That was, that was uh, what he saw in the dream. Six months later, or no, I'm sorry, I'm mixing up another time. Two years later, and my dad was a, a speaker at the Full Gospel Businessman's, um, he did the circuit, you know, sharing about his testimony, which is also my testimony. But he shared, and and. And uh, all of a sudden, this black woman comes running up to him. And he says, you're the man. You're the man. And he's, he's going, what do you mean? He says, you're the man that prayed for my son in my tent. 
for my boy's feet. And they came back. And my dad said, at that moment, he realized it wasn't a dream. Those things happen. That happened to me. I was taken out. So I can testify to this. Those things happen. But this isn't the norm. But yet that was prayer. Just different expressions of it. But yet this is how usually prayer is. Is that the moment we say, hey God. And all of a sudden, there's this portal. And here we are. One foot on the earth and one foot in heaven. And there's an open door. And the heaven's atmosphere comes rushing in to the earth. There's times in services here. We have seen it. We felt it. We could experience it. We saw the results of it. Other times you don't. But that doesn't mean it's not happening. Amen? How many can testify to that? We're privileged here. We've seen so many things like that. But that's what happens. It rushes into the earth. And where we are at that given time, it changes the atmosphere. The longer the portal's open or the wider the portal is opened, the greater change in the atmosphere. That makes sense, doesn't it? That just makes common sense. You open the window a little bit, you get a bit of fresh air. You open it wide, it fills the room very quickly. Right? Especially on a windy day. Right? On a windy day. And you know how I depict that? Is there's times when there's such great oppression and need and, and cries on the earth, it's like a vacuum that has happened. And if you've ever been in a room where it's, it's like void of oxygen and it's just stuffy and you open it up and it feels like, whoo, it just pours in way faster than normal. That's what it feels like anyway. Well, that's kind of what happens on the earth when there's these days and these times of oppression, when there's someone who dares to open up the portal of heaven or a group. Imagine this, one man or one woman. And this is now, there have been some who have understood this and have dared to go in. And you see, wherever they walked, miracles happened. Signs and wonders took place. Wherever they went, they spoke and declared with absolute boldness that is not earthly. Smith Wigglesworth would go and he would, he, would, he would punch women in the gut right in front of a thousand people and he'd wind up and he'd plow them, knock them down. Did you know that? Have you ever heard that? That's what he would do. And people would stand there, what are you doing? And the woman would get up and is completely healed of a tumor or of cancer or whatever it is and she wasn't hurt. But how did he have that kind of boldness? I mean, my goodness. (laughs) I feel the anointing. Any women that need a good punch? (laughs) Is there any volunteer? No. (laughs) Sometimes you don't even dare ask them. You just do it. But how did he have that boldness? Because he knew he he had a foot in heaven. And he also knew he he could hear God speaking. Right? And so prayer is healing, hearing, and obeying. But that's not all it is. Prayer is not just asking, but that's part of it. Amen. So there, we come down to today. We have to understand something, too, about prayer. This is something that's so important. And again, I'm saying, this is, I'm just scratching the surface to some of these. It, listen to this. God is omnipresent. How many believe that? First, we have to believe these things. 
Do we believe what the Word of God says? It's all based on, on our foundation of the Word of God. Amen? It says the Word of God is God-breathed. Do you know what that means? Atmosphere. And it brings life. And he says God is omnipresent, which means he's in all places at the same time. That's how he can hear us, and he can hear people in Saskatoon. He can be there, and he's listening to the worship in, in, in Guatemala. But all things are all at the same time. He's all-powerful. That Therefore, he can hear all prayers and answer all prayers at the same time. But that's, a, see, this is where we, t- sometimes, this is where we tend to limit God. We say he's all, all um, omnipresent. He's all places at the same time. But time is also limiting God. He goes beyond time. This is, this is absolutely vital for us to understand how prayer works and how we walk and understand prayer which is prophetic, which is the gifts of the Spirit, it's beyond time. Because God is, all, is not just all omnipresent in time. He's also omnipresent in the past, in the present, and in the future, all at the same time. So even the prayers of the saints in 10 days from now, He is there right now, even though He's here right now, and He hears the prayers. And in his incredible wisdom and understanding, he puts it together and he answers them for us. Have you ever had that? I've had this happen to me where, where I've prayed a prayer. I said, oh God, and I've prayed for a, a great a need. And literally within a minute or minutes, it's there. And yet it, was in, in, uh, it would have taken 10 days in order to, for it to be there. How did he do that? Because he already knew what my prayer was going to be, and he had already answered it, but it wasn't going to actually happen until I actually stepped forth in doing it. But then in his wisdom, he already knew I was going to do it. That's part of predestination, which we don't have time to get into again. But, but this, is, this is important for us to understand. God is past, present, and future, and that's how prophecy works. And that takes us to today. Because prophecy is also a form of prayer. Do you see that? Prophecy is simply prayer, but on the other way around. He tells us something, and we speak it forth. But we can't hear unless one foot's in heaven. But we never actually leave the earth. We're here. But the reason being is because he doesn't want us to just be in heaven He wants us to affect the earth. That's the purpose. That's his plan. So he wants us to to affect everyone around us, our country, our nation, our our province, our, our city, our family. Do we have the boldness to declare it? Do we have the boldness to step out in it? Amen? It says, therefore, when we're in prayer with him, get this. This might blow your minds. I don't know. This is actually partly to do with quantum physics even. They, they, they talk about some of this and get grasped of this. I, was, I, I, had a, I had a revelation. Actually, uh, I was taken to a place. Whether I was out of my body or not, I don't know. But this is probably about 15 years ago. And I was taken to a place, and I saw myself in front of a beam of light. 
And in the beam of light, it was like, oh, wow. And I, and I started thinking of, of Einstein's theory of, of relativity because that's how he actually got it. He, had, he saw himself, and he saw this running alongside this beam of light, rainbow of light, and that's where he got the E equals MC squared, infinity. He, he, and then he studied it out. He was a little smarter than me on the earth. <laughs> and he was able to figure it out. I just get it and say it, but I really don't know how it works. <laughs> I just trust God in it. But, but I saw, all of a sudden, layers of light. It wasn't just one layer. It was m- millions upon millions of layers, like a, like a giant bowl of spaghetti or of uh, lasagna, layer upon layer upon layer. And in between the layers, there were little round circles full of like these incredible revelation, uh, bits of revelation. And he was, he was showing me, he says, in the near future, we're going to start to understand some of this. But right now, the, the, it's not... It's not there. No one will understand. But know this. Some of this has to do with time and future. And it started making me realize that, that God doesn't operate even in the realm of light, even though he is light. He goes beyond light. And so even, now grasp this one. I'll let you just chew on this for a second. So in our limited knowledge here on the earth, we say, well, that's 500 billion years ago because the light traveled at that speed but yet God was already there and he's still there 500 billion years ago but he's still there today and it's still there now and he will be there again because he operates in the infinity and the eternal and the spirit and when we put one foot in heaven and in heaven's atmosphere we are there with him Are you willing to believe that? We can't comprehend it. We don't understand it. But we're there with them. And that's how prophetic word works. So we have the words of knowledge, the, the gifts of wisdom. That's how the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate within us. And now, today is the day that God is saying, prophesy to this earth. Speak to this earth. Release the gifts of the Spirit to this earth because that is what is needed right now. Satan, did you know, has a counterfeit to all this. Trying to stay within my time. So five minutes, guys. Five minutes. I'll be finished. Maybe maybe less, because Paul's looking at me. (laughs) Yes, with that angelic face. Satan has a counterfeit to all of this. He was there for eons with God. He saw how God operated. He saw how God talked with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And then when he was kicked out of heaven, and he's now, he says, down on this earth for a time, and he's causing havoc on man, on, on, against us because he hates us. But he has this counterfeit of prayer. And he releases it out through, through hate and through other things. And we're literally seeing the results of that today, right now. We're seeing the results of it. But, but he doesn't have the ability to, to access heaven the way we do. He doesn't have ability to access the same. But he, so he brings this counterfeit. And the only way he can bring it is through that spirit of fear to lay a ground, a covering in which to, to have operate all these other things. But then God says, I have given you power and authority over all the power of the, spirit, of the enemy. Amen? And then he said something really powerful, which is prayer. And I will be with you always. Why? Because we have a foot in heaven and a foot on the earth. And we have Jesus in between. 
We're standing on that bridge. Amen? We're standing on the bridge. And so now here's the earth in uproar, in in chaos, and it's looking for a redeemer. It's looking for a voice of wisdom and of understanding and of clarity. It can't happen through a protest because it's nothing but a clanging cymbal and a noisy gong. It's just a bunch of noise. And that's why there's so much confusion. So who's going to bring that? We saw Peter at the first time after Pentecost, and he comes and he speaks, and we saw that clarity for the first time over the people. For the first time, they understood. They didn't even understand it when Jesus spoke because he hadn't yet gone to the Father. It was like a, a parable to them. It says it was, it, 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 they didn't understand it. They could feel it and sense it, but they couldn't understand it. But now it says, let's step out with boldness and let's start speaking and prophesying what God is speaking to us. But what good is it if we hear but not do? Right, people? What good is it if we hear but not do? In 2 Timothy 1.7, and then I'm done, it says, God has not given us a spirit, not a fear. Or, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. God, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So number one, we, we know it's a spirit. But he says God gave us a spirit, the Holy Spirit, and it's not a fear. So where did this fear come from that's all over the earth? We know it's not from God, number one. Secondly, we know it's a spirit. In the same context, it says he gave us a spirit, not a fear. In other words, the spirit of fear. So where did it come from? It's, the, it's, it's from Satan. It's from that counterfeit that I was telling you about. But then he gave us something else of power. Power relating to authority, power, dominion over everything on the earth, above the earth, and below the earth. Why is that? Because we have one foot in heaven and one foot on the earth. And he's given us dominion over it, but we have to utilize it. Amen. And it's a spirit, the spirit of power, which is Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, acted out. By the Holy Spirit who reigns in what dwells in us. And then he says he gave us love. Perfect love casts out fear. That's the act in which we step out in. The perfect love. Now perfect love, as, and Mark, I love what you said at the beginning because it lays such a perfect foundation. It says, no one is good. Not even one. So when he says perfect love casts out fear, he's not talking about ours. He's talking about the Son of God who dwells and reigns and lives in us. Amen. And when we release that, that's that's when the revival takes forth. That's when people understand. And then he gave us a self-discipline and self-control. And he says he gave us the mind of Christ. It all goes back to Christ. And it all goes back to prayer. Do we have a foot in heaven and a foot on the earth? Or do we still have both feet on the earth? And if we have a foot in heaven and a foot on earth, are we doing what we're being told? Amen? God bless. All right. Good morning. Thank you, Kim. So- and as the church, it is our season to rise 
and to pray. That's what's going to bring peace. That's what's going to bring healing. That's what's going to bring restoration. That's what's going to bring life. So as the body of Christ, we need to commit to this. Day and night, just like Smith Wigglesworth, every five minutes, praying and standing up for the king. When we see a need, when we see a problem, we rise up and we begin to pray because we know that's what, that's what will begin to change these things. Right now, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray for your redeeming power to touch our land, to touch the United States, to touch the world. God, we pray that you would touch each heart, that you would bring peace, that you would bring restoration, because you're the God who can do that. We trust you, and we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.